0: friends you're listening to worst show ever i'm your host cj boyd i'm here with kyle field uh little wings
1: where are we kyle i don't know actually. we are in sycamore canyon beach in ventura county california
0: okay and i just left la today and i wanted to come up and meet up with kyle who uh we know each other for a pretty long time yeah um I always this has been a funny thing on this show. I feel like I always spend the first couple of minutes trying to remember where I know somebody from.
1: That's a good team. I don't know if it's necessarily relevant, but uh, but I think I met you through River Augustine.
0: Oh no, I, I don't think you did. Oh. We're friends with some of the same people, but i I think I met you through Joe from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Oh wow. yeah. and he was the first person to approach me and ask me to play in Jonesboro. He saw me play in Nashville where I was living the time, and I really hadn't toured much. And then he was setting up a show for you, and then uh, he was like, hey, do you want to come out to You Jones hadn't 12? toured much at that point? No, no. <laughs> I uh, I was living in Nashville. Oh, yeah, that's right. But hadn't, had like really not toured at all,
1: actually. So maybe you told me, hey, we both know a River.
0: Yeah, somewhere in there, actually, Chandra. Yeah. River's wife um I'm I went to high school with her right and at some point she I think saw that we played a show together or something yeah saw that I knew you and was like oh you know Kyle we know we know Kyle from San Luis right so yeah but I don't I still don't remember because I think I didn't actually play the show that Joe was inviting me to play in Jonesboro I ended up playing later yeah but the date that he had in mind I already had something else going on and I couldn't do it um so who knows I don't I don't know how it all happened but this last time I was in town I found I mean I didn't actually know until this year I think that you were originally from Alabama
1: yeah born there yeah
0: um cause so when I did the I was doing that project oh, right. of covering a song from somebody in, from every state and I was having a hard time with Alabama <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was stoked when I found out that you were from <laughs> Alabama I was like oh great somebody yeah. somebody's songs I'd love to cover yeah um But um, yeah, I really wanna hear about your worst show, so.
1: Okay, well I like the concept of this show, of this podcast because I kind of feel like you need a best show ever to have a worst show ever and vice versa in a way. And sometimes I think when you're touring and playing nights on end in a row, a, a really great show can boost, you know, your your the bar in your mind to set up the following show to be just horrible, okay. just by contrast. So sure. I think it's really an interesting right. show uh, idea of like what would be my worst show ever, which
0: so the context could be could mm-hmm. play a part of yeah of where what you were doing the night
1: before y- or after. yeah or like what it took to get there and what the reward was for yeah. effort. I think not blaming the crowd or anything, but I think the perfect ingredients for the worst show ever are are the ingredients of like how many miles you traveled to get there, how long it yeah. took, and then the show's supposed to be this hopefully reward because we love playing music. Yeah. But then if that falls completely flat after all these trials that right. lead up to it. So that's what I'm gonna tell and your expectations. Yeah. Th- and then how they are supported or, or how you're totally failed yeah, that's by your expectations a, that's is huge.
0: A, that's a big, um, it's a recurring theme on the show. It's definitely a, the role that expectations play in making a show good or bad. For sure. Because uh, sometimes when you know it's going to be a little dive that no one's listening, you just can roll with it and have a good time. Yep. But if you're expecting, it's going to be this listening crowd and then it turns out to be something else. There's all kinds of ways. But yeah, that's so I'm interested.
1: So this took place in 2005. I didn't have a cell phone. I had email. I got an email from Phil Elrum from the microphones, Mount Erie. Hey, this guy Chesky from the East Coast, he's kind of like an experimental rapper, asked me to play a show in Hawaii. Okay. And I can't do it but I told him to email you. I think this is how it went. And then I got an email from Chesky. Hey, Kyle, it's Chesky. We like your music. Uh, We're playing two nights in Honolulu. Um, Didn't get very many details about the show. They'll buy a plane ticket. It's this promoter. And then you can stay with us two nights or something like that. And I was like, okay, I want to go for a week. (laughs) I'm going to Hawaii. I'd been there in eighth grade and, been there once when I was 19 with a family's, a friend's family. So it's like, geez, I've really arrived. If I get, if I'm being booked in Honolulu, wow. Yeah. And yeah. Picturing, I didn't know what to picture actually, which was my one um, correct thought it was not to premeditate <laughs> that aspect of yeah. what was going to happen. So my brothers and I grew up with a friend who was a firefighter and somehow he had bought a house on the North Shore and like rented it out and would go there once or twice a year and so I tell him hey I'm playing on Oahu oh great what date I tell him the date he's like okay I'll be there maybe marked it on his calendar maybe not so I I don't see him for a few months he's away I'm away I get on a plane and I don't even have, I don't have his phone number. And he doesn't have a cell phone. Okay. And I just get off the plane in Hawaii and get on a bus bound for the North Shore. He said he'd be here. I get to the North Shore, this is like in February, I think. I get to the North Shore after dark. It's like 8, 8.30 at night on like a weekday night. And it's like kind of colder than I had imagined. Okay. I was like I'm going to Hawaii I brought a sweatshirt a pair of jeans <laughs> some flip flops one pair of socks no sleeping bag tiny backpack no guitar <laughs> skateboard it's totally unpaved there which I'd never <laughs> been to the North Shore and I hey, have.
0: and I've only been a little bit but I want to make sure to clarify North Shore is not Honolulu
1: right that's, that's like, the South Shore right, right so you take a two and a half hour bus ride but is there a, or when two you hour say bus the rider. North
0: Shore like how big of an area is the North Shore I Do
1: don't you, exactly know but I'm I think it's honestly about 13 miles. Okay. It's like the very north, just the north shore of Oahu. Just and it's when you littered going... with surf spots. And, okay. and it's during the pro surf season. So it's right. packed. Okay. And there's surfers everywhere. And I have a beard, like before LeBron James was cool. And like <laughs> that either means people think you're homeless or like, who, oh dude, like who are you, bro? Like I just got so many like looks about like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. So I just feel totally out of place just immediately where my pre notion of what was going to happen was going to be really, really fun. And I'm going to go, I'm just going to get there and I'll just be an explorer and just take the bus and call Scott. Uh, I'm down the street from your house, you know? Right. So, but uh, the first place it lets off, I start to get nervous because actually I'm like, I just don't even know where his house is at all. So I'm just going to get off at this stop near this youth hostel where these other surfer kids are getting off. okay, And there's a payphone there. And I still had my calling card number memorized just so I could just use the payphone anywhere. I remember the (laughs) device. So I'm like, I call my brother, uh, Michael, what's Scott's number? Can I get Scott's number? Actually, could you just call him for me and have him call me on this payphone?
0: Okay.
1: Make that phone call. The guy who's running the hostel's like, hey, you can't be here. I was like, "No, no, no, I'm not trying to stay. I'm just using the payphone. He's like, you got five minutes. We, you can't stay here, man. I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to stay here. Like I'm trying to meet up with my connection. You know. Yeah. I think he thought I was homeless, or I don't know what he thought. He just thought I was like a ne'er do well. Yeah. And so I get a call back from my brother like two or three minutes later, and he's like, "Scott's in California." I was like, "Shoot, okay." <laughs> well, what, are, what? He said, "Go to Foodland, which is a mile up the road." Um, which is the only grocery store on the North Shore, and sit on the sidewalk in front of Foodland, and he's gonna send his friend around in a car to come get you, and you can stay with her.
0: Okay.
1: I was like, okay. <laughs> so I go sit in front of Foodland for like two and a half hours. Oh, I'm looking at everyone expectantly, and everyone they're probably by... thinking, who's this hobo on acid, like who <laughs> thinks they, he recognizes us? But I'm trying to put on a friendly mask, you know, like. Is it you? Is it you? Like, yeah. No one, no one comes for me, right? I use the payphone. No, maybe I'd even gotten the address from my brother too. And he's like, he also says as a backup plan, you can just go sleep in his garage. That there's some Japanese pro surfers staying there right now. And then just to tell them that, that the owner of this house said you could sleep on the couch in the garage. I was like, oh, that's a pretty solid B plan actually. Okay. So no one comes for, I, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to his house, which is like two and a half miles away. I asked this contractor, kind of a ruffled boy looking guy and ask if I could get a ride. Do you know this address? Yeah, I'm going that way, but you got to ride in the back of the truck. At this point it starts a light misting rain and it's okay. like 10, I'm going to put it at like 10 o'clock at night. Okay. I've just this tiny backpack, no food. No shelter yet. And I get a ride to this house two miles away. Floorboards. The, like the back of his pickup truck is rotted out and there's boards across it and some of those are rotted out. So I'm like, am oh. I going to fall through oh, anywhere God. here?
0: Wow. So
1: <laughs> I get to this street where, and he's like, there's your address. And I was like, thanks so much for the ride. I really appreciate it. Go to the house. Lights are on. No car in the driveway. Walk up. I'm really nervous. I'm just like dog. Neighbor dog is barking at me. Knocking on the door. No one answers. I go downstairs. Sit on the driveway and try to put on a pleasant face for whoever's gonna pull in. In like five minutes later, um, a person from Japan sitting in a little rental car, just with wide eyes, pulls cautiously into the driveway. Like, who is this dude right, right. in our driveway? And I get that he doesn't, I don't think speak English at all. And so I was like, (laughs) hello, like how, like making the symbol for house. My friend like owns this house. He says I can stay on the couch, like over there. No, and I was like, okay, (laughs) I know it seems weird, but my friend, he's who you're renting it from and he's getting here in two days. He was like, no, no. I was like, so you're saying just no, no. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll see you. So I basically just got turned away immediately. But do you
0: think do you think he actually understood what you were saying? No. Okay, there, no. but there was
1: no way to... No, didn't there know was to... no way. <laughs> and so I just start walking back towards Foodland, which is two miles away or, or right. whatever, right. in the light drizzle, a wintry drizzle of... Yeah. It wasn't cold, but it was not... It didn't feel tropical. It right. felt like... Northern California in the fall if there was a, a light sprinkle on it okay. or something. I was like, "Oh, whew, this is different. This is way different than I thought it was gonna be. So I get back to Foodland eight minutes before they close. Okay. And I, I might have bought a bottle of wine knowing thyself. And uh, I think I bought like can of sardines. I had to fit everything in this bag. I didn't want to turn into a bag man. So I was like really trying to pack it all in there. So I think I had like rye crisp crackers, some sardines, maybe a thing of cheese and some bananas or an apple and maybe a bottle of wine and some water. And then I'm just like well, what now? I guess I'm going to try and find a place to like hide slash sleep on the beach. But the tide's rather high so all the sand seems covered so there's just kind of this lava rock kind of comfortable lava rock and comfortable uh lava rock? no, no. no. <laughs> and so i was just like i've to see that. this is gonna be a long night actually i'm just like uh, gearing up for this i was like this is gonna be a long one so so all the beach
0: is lava rock there's no like, yeah but there is beach.
1: a bathroom there i can't remember okay. if it's open or not but i go to the garbage can that's next to the bathroom and it's a fresh garbage can or fresh garbage bag, excuse me. Okay. No trash in it. It had been replaced. So I just swiped that immediately. Okay. Went over by the bike store, grabbed some cardboard out of their recycler and like made a little cardboard bed. And I was like, at least I can like turn this into a vest or, you know, okay. It's kind of drizzly, whatever. I remember drawing a picture. I brought my art supplies that drawing sold this year, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) from this gallery that I work with occasionally. But, um, I remember drawing by street lamplight,
0: yeah.
1: Like, and trying to stay hidden because I didn't want to get busted for, you know, vagrancy, right. On the North Shore, which they call it Hollywood. Like they call <laughs> Caucasians <laughs> Howleys there, yeah, yeah, But they call North Shore like Hollywood now because to complain about it because there's right. so many, you know, wealthy people and like, oh, I bought a house over there, blah blah blah. blah. Uh, who where, then, where who I then,
0: enforce the no vagrancy laws on Yeah,
1: exactly. Thing. So I have kind of just like an... not a totally sleepless night, but just kind of a kind of a shattering night where I was just like, "Wow."
0: So were you on the lava rock but with the cardboard yeah.
1: bed? Yeah.
0: With your with garbage bag. The b- yeah. garbage bag bag blanket?
1: Yeah, and like okay. a sweatshirt and socks and jeans on. Okay. That was my sleeping bag. And so I have a rusty night of sleep and just wake up. Gosh, I'm going to go across to Foodland again, which is my new outpost. That's your spot. Yeah, it's my spot. And they have a Starbucks there and there's like, I remember like uh, pro surfers, girlfriends in like juicy suits that say pink on them and people getting Frappuccinos and I was just like, this feels like the San Fernando Valley. Like This doesn't (laughs) feel tropical in the least. And, uh, I failed to mention actually that when I got to Foodland right before closing which was like, it's that fate thing like when you do test fate, when it works out it feels amazing. I didn't think I had a watch I just like was walking not knowing what time it was and got to the store and the lights were still on and I'm walking in the front door of Foodland when at that time he was probably nine times world champion surfer Kelly Slater is walking out of foodland and okay. that's who I passed going into foodland <laughs> and I'd had this walk I'm like my sock my feet are wet you know and I and I just remember I looked in and I was like hey I said hey to him like, <laughs> like I recognize you and I was like oh hey and then he gave me the look like his head like flew back a little bit and his eyes were big at me just kind of like
0: just leave me
1: alone? Yeah. Because yeah. he was sh- he was shopping there five minutes before they closed. Right. Like his face was on the cover of Outside Magazine on the rack. Like that? At that, that store.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Which I
1: saw the next morning. Okay. But uh so I get my coffee and I find out my friend is not coming that night neither. He will be there the following day. So wait, wait, he's going to so... be two days later than he said.
0: Wait, you originally...
1: I told him the date that I but would be arriving. This
0: was when you went to Foodland and got the sardines and wine. Uh,
1: that's when or, I saw Kelly.
0: Right. But then you're the, saying the, the, the next The following day. morning I
1: saw his face on the magazine.
0: And then the, that's the day that you talked to your friend?
1: Yeah, that I kind of sussed out that he would not be coming. I think I called him from a payphone there like, okay. are you getting here tonight? Because I can just stay here. I'm on the North Shore already. He's like, no, I won't be there until tomorrow. Okay. And at which point I could have quote, bummed around the North Shore for another day, but I was kind of just taking shots in a way of like, these like surfer guys, like built like fire plugs, just kind of the vibe is strong over there, like okay. people are checking people out in the, par- in the parking lot like, who are you? You know, kind of like uh, I'm not trying to eke in on your guys' territory, I'm just trying to find my friend's house. Anyway I know this, this story is a saga, but I end up riding a bus to back into Honolulu okay. where I'm going to play my show but I don't play the show for like several days okay. you know I had to get there to really enjoy Hawaii right. way ahead of time so I'd have some time to enjoy it and time which right. turned out to just be time to kill alone right. in a way and so I take a bus back to Honolulu I think I ended up spending $100 on a room which felt like the biggest fail uh, like I was so hating myself but I was like I'm I'm exhausted. Like, I just want to go to sleep. I just want to be able to close the door. So it was my sellout move of the trip. I was just like, uh, and it was busy season. It's always busy there. So I had to walk around. I can't remember. I think I looked through a phone book back then and called different hotels and see if they have vacancy. Right, right. So my friend shows up the following day. This part is not that interesting because we go to Costco, which was another <laughs> disappointing like, <laughs> what? It's so, like, yeah, Costco's huge in, in Hawaii. You're like, damn. And then we go to his place, the one that I had not been able to stay at. Right. Now I'm a welcomed guest. Right. And Are um, the
0: pro surfers gone? They're gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs>
1: they were gone. So I will I will smash cut forward to the show. Okay. Because what is just kind of like a few days of beachcombing and... Kind of sussing out his scene there, and fun enough,
0: right? But so you went back to Honolulu, stayed one night, stayed for one night, bucks. and then
1: got picked up by him, and then then I had wheels, okay. then he could drive me okay. or whatever. I was gotcha. kind of moving. So Chesky Ramos is the guy who invited me to play, and I meet up with him and his brother David and their friend Tommy, maybe like the day of the show, day okay. of the first show are like, hey man, we're in town. We just got here. Like, they're from Connecticut, and they're like, we'll pick you up. Where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm on the North Shore. Can you meet me at Foodland? You know, it's kind of my spot. And so I get dropped <laughs> off at Foodland again, <laughs> and meet up with these guys. And they're instantly super nice. And I finally almost feel like, oh, I found my people because right. we're all, we can talk about music, and we're we're all outsiders here.
0: Yeah. My
1: friend was kind of an insider, even. You know what I mean? Right. It's like his house. On the North Shore. Right, right. So we go to the beach that day, and then, yeah, they said we show up around six for the show. Is that great, great? And you got a guitar I can borrow? Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: Now, had you talked to him about that?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think so, for sure. And so we get to the venue, which is gonna be the venue that we play both nights. And it's this one production company that mostly does shows through this. First night is an all ages show. Second night is upstairs in the bar at 21 and over. Okay. So the all ages show is essentially a battle of the bands. And we get there and I think there's eight bands playing. And I think it's like wow. community center style where it's like, yeah, like, yeah, brah. Like each, each band gets 20 minutes huh. and you're all like, okay,
0: cool. Wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I said this production company Putting on the show. Yeah. They invited, they flew you out from where were you living at the time?
1: Uh, California? Yeah.
0: So you were living in California. They flew you from California. They flew this other guy from Connecticut.
1: Yeah. I don't know where the money's coming from. It must be an arts council thing. Okay. Or something. And it was mysterious. Okay. But there were no accommodations provided. But then, I, from what I can remember, right. I think it was like you can stay at the promoter's house and and maybe a little gig pay, but it was mostly like we'll buy your plane ticket.
0: Right. You but know. I'm just saying that's considerable oh, it for is. a Hawaiian show. But then, but then there were eight bands playing, and everyone pays for twenty. Minutes. That that's the part that sounds crazy. <laughs> and
1: the craziest part about that was their band, Chesky's band, was kind of like like I said, a progressive rap band experimental rap but it was like live like he was playing guitar there's drums bass okay you know there's real instruments yeah and they kind of didn't fit in with anything else okay I didn't fit in with anything else I was playing solo sitting down acoustic okay. right but I don't get to do that until five bands have already played right there's a stray cats band.
0: Like straight cats covers or just that style? Or? That
1: style, okay. like a rockabilly band. Rockabilly, yeah. There's a ska band. Awesome. There's like every genre is nailed perfectly. <laughs> like down the street from where they live, like they've been practicing right. for weeks for this show. Yeah. And it's dynamic and it's like, I, 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 and like crazy. <laughs> and a punk band and a metal band or something like that. It was just like a genre battle of the bands genre. Yeah.
0: Show. Battle
1: of the and genre. then I get up there probably the oldest person in any of the bands, proceed to sit, because there's no strap on the guitar or something, or maybe I felt like sitting. Oh, okay. And it was just like sitting in the chair of death. I was like, I am about to bomb so hard. <laughs> like, I was I was already in the dumps. My morale from the trip Yeah. did not prep me at all. Right. And then it was just like that feeling when you know you're about to just eat sh- total shit. And <laughs> I started playing my first song in half through Halfway through my first song, someone's like, Bob Dylan! Oh my
0: god. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah,
1: acoustic guitar. Yeah, guy who's kinda singing like this. Yeah, I am Bob Dylan. Um, was they, Were they calling you Bob Dylan,
0: or was he requesting It was like, this a, is like
1: Bob-, Bob Dylan, or you're like Bob Dylan. Oh, I would've thought or, that like, meant like, play, me a, Bob play a Bob Dylan song. song. Yeah, that, that probably is what that meant. Okay. Yeah, and I played one song People like half the crowd went outside to smoke or something.
0: Right.
1: I start like sweating, probably try and say something <laughs> funny over the mic and I was like, okay, here's another one and play another one. I'm probably gonna get the number wrong because it was kind of such a warped sure, experience sure. and yeah. I was just like I flew here, I slept on cardboard on lava rocks, <laughs> I rode a bunch of buses, I paid a bunch of money for this the only motel room that they had, which was like multi rooms with a kitchenette and everything, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I get the finger, play one more. Maybe, I think after three songs, he was like, okay, one, one more. Right. And I was like, eh, yeah, no problem. Like, one more, that's fine. And I was just like, right. oh my gosh.
0: But like you said, everyone only gets 20 minutes.
1: I But I, but they, like I got even been... I, I got like 13, oh, maybe 12. Right. The, the hook came up. They were just tall. Okay, okay. yeah, no. And so I played one more song and then I brought the guitar over opened up the case was shutting the case and the promoter who turned out to be a really nice guy he was trying to save me actually from okay. the natives you know it's like yeah. this guy's dying like just it's fine you're playing yeah. again tomorrow night upstairs people will be drinking or whatever and he was like that was really cool and I was like thanks it was fun and I'm just like I'm gonna walk outside for a second and I walked outside and I was just like like about to hulk out, but yeah. not on anyone, just hulking out. Yeah. And I grabbed this piece of rubber tubing that was laying on the ground in the parking lot, and I just start whipping this post that was in the parking lot. Okay. Like, alone, no one's watching me. i right. just like, whack, 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 like Reverend Dimsdale from The Scarlet Letter, you know, but <laughs> not hitting myself. And all of a sudden, this guy pops over, I'm gonna call him Jim. Kyle, it's Jim from So and So, Idaho. I was just like, one second. It's <laughs> 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 like, that was the worst show I've ever played in my life. I'm so bummed that you saw that. You're like, oh, whatever, man, it's fine. So I'm living over here now. And <laughs> so somebody
0: you knew from Idaho?
1: From another worst show. <laughs> from another worst
0: show? <laughs> <laughs> which is okay. a, t- a
1: whole nother story okay but um, I have two tack points that I would yeah, hit yeah, to yeah. kind of bring it back okay. to the fate thing and how it always works out in some way so when I was actually with Scott the homeowner on the North yeah. Shore yeah. in November like a few months before this story happens we were at a bar and there were eight people at this show, and most of them were ignoring the musicians. And this this guy, he's got to be in his 60s, named Skip Van Winkle. He still lives, he still exists. Okay. And he was uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I actually wiki him today and found out more than I had known about him then. This was on my birthday. My dad had given me a $100 bill for my birthday okay. that day. I end up seeing Skip Van Winkle play this show to a totally unappreciative room I'm just like poor guy because it's kind of the craziest technically speaking playing I had seen where he's he has the bass pedals that he's walking them with his feet underneath the keyboard he's wearing cowboy boots he's named after Rip Van Winkle but Skip Van Winkle his mustache is silver and it's all the way down to here, like 10 inches long, like hanging, like cultivated, this right. stage look. He's got like on this cowboy hat and little glasses, and he's like, like doing the boogie woogie, okay. like with his cowboy boots. And, a- okay. and the band's incredible. It's like honky tonk country kind of thing, but so out of place. Okay, And I was that we're gonna take a break and we'll be back soon. And I went up and I was like, Hey man, I want to buy a CD." That was hot. like, I've never seen anyone do what you can do. Like, does it ever freak people out? And he's like, oh, you kind of got to be subtle about it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like a little elf kind of yeah. character. And then, so he hands me a CD and I was like, here you go. Keep the change. And I gave him my birthday hundred dollar bill for his CD. I didn't know how much he was making, probably nothing on this gig. I was like, this is an un- unappreciated talent.
0: Right. Living Where and breathing. Where was
1: this again? This was in like near Topanga. Okay. Yeah. And so this old place that was there called the Doom Room. And uh, so he's like, no, no, I can't take that. You're too sweet. I can't take that. I was like, J- just take it. Like I, I'm blown away. You know, I'm blown away tonight. So, smash cut to my second night in Hawaii. Right. And I've decided I'm not sitting down tonight. Okay. And I'm going to rap with the rap band, too. I have to totally redeem myself, which I can I can make up some stuff on the spot here and Wait, there. did they ask you? or you... He was like, we'll, we'll back you up, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you guys are backing me up tonight on my stuff, and then I want to join you guys. i got to redeem myself on the island here.
0: Okay.
1: Because um, I just got beaten up last night. right? And so I used to do this thing of like putting a fake, like taking tin foil and making my teeth look metal so it almost looks like a grill, it's like appropriation of rap culture, but eventually you blow it out and it flies out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that by doing. But anyway, I got up, played with them, they learned some of my songs before, and they knew a few, it was super exhilarating. It was a bar crowd that was kind of and rowdy and it was the, yes. basically the polar opposite of the night before. Okay. I was like, where are all those little kids that didn't know what I was doing last night? Like, oh, these people didn't come to that show last night. They came right. to the Saturday night show, to the bar show. Yeah. So after it's over, um, I had my little box of CDs and this guy who had flown over to Hawaii from LA to see this show. I don't know okay. what their fan base is like, right? right. Hands me a hundred dollar bill for a CD. <laughs> it says, keep the change. I was like, no, you're kidding. He's like, no man, that was incredible. I want to support you. And I was like, three months ago, I did this to someone else, yeah. so it comes back. It really does come back. (laughs) That's amazing, and that that and that was the best show ever.
0: So that night, uh, that night was just the two of you. There wasn't like eight other bands. Exactly.
1: Right. It was only (laughs) us. It was like a regular bill. Okay. It was like a yeah. So I think they got the funding to put an all ages show on, and then that they could do the the adult show. Okay. But that had that had to be part of the community. Arts Council huh. thing Angle to it
0: maybe, Like you think maybe Or do you, yeah, you ever I don't a know idea? I
1: never found out
0: Okay Cause it sounds also like The second one was the real show And the first one was just like As long as you're here
1: We I'm might have sure just gotten on Added this. on to the battle of the bands Right Essentially Yeah And thinking we would fare well Like these These are professional men But Chesky Their band crushed it Both nights Okay Cause they had the full band and Yeah then, This is a different thing Different that's the thing when you're playing solo, I feel like you can always tell within the first 10 seconds. Huh? Yeah. If you're if it's going to be a good one or not. Yeah. Like depending on what they're bringing, it's all what they're bringing to it kind of.
0: Now do you I mean, I know your music pretty well. I don't know if you can do this or not, but like I tend to sometimes if I know this is not the most receptive crowd, but I want to like just get through it, I tend to put up more of a wall. Yeah. Sometimes where you're just like I'm going to do my thing. You may or may not be listening to it, but I'm going to try to just go inside and do do what I do. And hopefully people will still enjoy it, but I can't be too... Uh
1: Vulnerable or...
0: Yeah, or just really it's a matter of focus, right? That if, if I'm focused too much on what I'm receiving right now, it'll totally derail the show. For sure. Even And then it'll ruin it for the, the people who are paying attention. And so it's sort of a defense mechanism for me, but it's also... Um, It's also to try to like Have something good happen for the people Whoever's there to actually enjoy it Assuming that that's Assuming that there's someone there That seems like they're into it I feel like uh, this is for the good of For all that I just kind of Maybe close off a little bit I don't like to do it But I feel like it's necessary sometimes But I don't know if For your music if, If you're really feeling like this is not your spot do you, are you able to do that or
1: is that I I think I do the same thing okay but I also feel like we actually probably bring so much to it that we don't even know we're bringing to it sure and trying to read a crowd and I've I've realized I can't always read a crowd okay if they're being quiet and no expression on their face right and then I'm just like wow no one no one seemed into it and it's like no people were just listening right you know right right like that one is I've ha- had to learn but there's nothing like it when you just feel something from the audience that you know is actually happening where yeah. it's not smoke and mirrors girl. like well, they didn't seem like they enjoyed it but in the northeast and in the northwest that's just kind of how a crowd looks sometimes right. in the winter it's like do it's cold do you prefer
0: a more rowdy crowd I don't know Because I'm definitely a quiet crowd
1: Yeah. if I can Well, I I mean, I don't mean rowdy uh, talking over the music, Right. but maybe in between the music. Yeah. If they're woo, or yay, or yahoo, (laughs) or yell out a song that they want you to play, or like where it's, they're bringing something to, yeah, like a Dylan, anything by Dylan, or uh, (laughs) the Eagles.
0: (laughs) Oh, man that's so insane so that's it's interesting your show it was redeemed it's it's a theme that I've been wondering about on this podcast because the the theme is negative it is yeah. the idea is hopefully through telling of bad experiences we can commiserate a little bit and also the that idea of like what doesn't kill us makes us stronger yeah. and I, the idea is hopefully for the people listening hearing what You know musicians that they like have gone through in order to keep bringing their craft. You know, there's all these things that I hope it will do, but I I also keep wondering, like God, why am I doing? Why am I doing just the the bad one? (laughs) Like, it's better
1: than it's better than saying best show ever. What I worry about with
0: best show ever, and yours does not fall into this category at all. But um, my worry with that is that people then. It's just too indulgent,
1: yeah. It's, it it's like, like 2,000 people showed up, the yeah, band was paid well, it was yeah, a Freak, it was I got a fluke to play incident. With
0: this or that, famous yeah. Person I no, name drop. It, just, it seems like a bunch of stuff that it's like, even though, of course, I like to play good shows, yeah. Talking about good shows is actually seems way less interesting to me for sure. <laughs> At least, and hearing about it, what I imagine for the audience hearing
1: about it, and my example. I feel like it's a funny juxtaposition because it sounds pretty soft. It's like, I got flown to Hawaii and it was a really bad show and I went out and lost my temper in the parking lot. (laughs) It's like... But the fraughtness of my poor planning and my, quote, adventurous spirit, like I kind of did it to myself. I could have been way more on top of it. Hey, are you really going to be there?
0: Right.
1: But in those days, I think I was probably still trying to have those experiences where I didn't know what was going to happen just to test my own bravery or just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to ride a bus to the North Shore. Right.
0: Right. Well, and we were talking a little bit before the interview about, um, we were both big Jack Kerouac fans. Yeah. And, um, I feel like in my early days of touring, that was a big influence too, even though Jack Kerouac was not touring right he was doing a very different thing Yeah. Uh, that in my first attempts at tour I still had this idea of just being spontaneous and wanting to just go and not have a not have a complete plan and really there's of course there's a balance I think some spontaneity is nice some planning is nice you can't do all one or the other but because it's a balance maybe it takes a little while for us to figure out what that balance is and we don't start off knowing exactly how much to plan and how much not plan but it sounded like from some of the stories you were telling me earlier uh, before this that you erred on the side of spontaneity ban ban
1: the plan was my phrase back then I made a homemade bumper sticker and put ban the plan (laughs) on my truck little did we know that Kerouac was on Benzedrine back then too it's like that helps you be spontaneous like if you're on uppers all the time or you know you're
0: And you were talking about Phil Elverman, and it just reminded me of the, there's a song on one of his very recent albums Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, their albums are so brutal. They're like, have you, you've heard these, I'm guessing. Yeah. So fucking sad. Um, After Junbiev's passing. And there's a line in one of them that really stayed with me. I've actually not listened to them a lot because they're like, they're dangerously sad. the
1: line when he's talking about being in a music festival and people are doing drugs? and he's singing his...
0: he's talking about Jack Kerouac he's talking about being on a plane oh yeah and, and he, about seeing, Jack
1: Kerouac's daughter yeah he's like watching yeah.
0: it's about watching a documentary on Jack Kerouac it's like on Jack Kerouac but where they're interviewing his daughter yeah and looking at the other side of Ban the Plan right that like oh, a yeah. sort of baby the who plan. else does that affect yeah and like I didn't I didn't know anything about Jack Kerouac's family I didn't know he had a daughter right but it's 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 one thing to think, oh, he's this bohemian uh, beatnik just like wandering around the earth, just yeah. having a good time. And then when you're like, oh, he left a little kid at home to do this? Like, yeah. That's a very different thing. And in the song, I think Phil is kind of connecting it to Geneviève's experience of abandonment as a kid. Yeah. And I don't I don't know a lot about that personally, but... but it really clicked for me because like yeah I was also in that it sounds like Phil was and you were and I were these guys who kind of uh, lionized Jack Kerouac for being this this bohemian kind of spontaneous I mean there's a bit in On the Road where he just talks about like leaving I think it's for the first time with like 10 peanut butter sandwiches yeah. and like that's what he has Yeah. and then <laughs> it's just like it's idiotic and yet because you're sort of tempting fate it also feels heroic
1: Totally, because and in Dharma bombs, you can bumps, do that yeah. and
0: not die. Then you've really, really, I don't know, discovered something. What were you gonna say, Dharma bombs?
1: Just more food talk, but yeah. how he just talks about what they had and how Jaffe knew how to pack his backpack and only weighed a pound and a half, or you know, like right. salami and this and some cheese and yeah. Um, I even I was reading. I, I kind of dug out Dharma Bonds. I probably haven't read it in ages, okay. ages. And I found an old copy that I've had since I was in my 20s. And just him talking about the landscape and they're in Muir Woods and they see white San Francisco. They keep calling it White City because the buildings are all white. and It's like glowing on the bay. And yeah. They're looking across there and just the descriptions of everything and the food that we're eating and everything is kind of was really inspiring and I I was rereading it today. I was like I know why I like this it sounds great yeah like everyone wants to throw a bunch of stuff in a backpack and walk off right you know and just kind of like
0: but I I guess and not to say I mean you don't have any daughters but, um, (laughs) uh, but the other side without it necessarily being that you're leaving someone behind there is this there is this aspect sometimes where you get to be the planless one and it means that other people are picking up the slack for you right I mean you mentioned tours where you not bring a guitar and that that's fine I guess if you talk about it beforehand but it's not like sometimes you didn't or or did you sometimes just show up anyone
1: got a guitar I could borrow yeah like you did that sometimes (laughs) yeah for
0: sure I guess even in that situation oh I don't have a guitar
1: yeah, I mean there's definitely an aspect to bravado that's like pure selfishness. Right. In a way.
0: But in, in that situation, I guess if nobody has a guitar, then you just don't get to play guitar. Yeah, exactly. Did that ever happen?
1: Yeah, I've played a bass before, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Which I in a way awesome. I felt like I didn't have a plan so the situation would I looked at it back then as almost very situationist where right. the situation would dictate how the music sounded. Right. And I kind of liked every show being different okay. from one another. Yeah. And so I really, I always thought that was part of the adventure too. And like, oh, and then it's like a chess match. You're all. And then I played this song that I haven't played in two years. Right. Or like a climbing wall move, and you're all like, okay. kind of putting together different combinations of right. moves. You all. Then I played an old song, and then I played my brand newest song, butted up against that. Right. And then I did an acapella song and. It was but more like some of that. these de-
0: some of these decisions would be dictated by the circumstance. Yeah. Now, so then, my thought here is maybe where the responsibility comes in, in to my mind, is that I I still really want everyone who comes to the show. How do I say this? That's not exactly right. Not everyone needs to enjoy it, but I I would like for everyone to enjoy it. I know that. Probably not everyone will enjoy it, but I'd like to at least provide an experience where someone gets something out of it. Ideally, everyone, thats it's fine that that doesn't happen, but somebody, um, more than not, hopefully. Um, and I feel really, uh, not self-conscious about it, but I feel like I have a really strong ethic around that. Like, I don't, I don't waste people's time. Yeah. I, I, I hate the idea. I hate being at a show and feeling like this person did not give enough thought to what they're doing to make sure that it's not a waste of my time i don't like being on that end of it so i certainly don't want to do that for anyone else sure sure and so then my thought here is i guess that's the balance is that a certain amount of spontaneity can probably i imagine would like augment people's experience because they're like oh man he didn't have a drummer but there was just some guy in the crowd that wanted to play drums so he did and it's actually amazing Yeah, and that could add I imagine I don't know if you're thinking about it that way but I yeah. imagine that could make someone's experience better when it goes well but then obviously sometimes it doesn't go well right yeah I mean you we were talking probably about that. half the time <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> honestly there are probably some really bad shows with horrible sound and horrible equipment okay and like
0: due to lack of planning
1: probably uh, yeah
0: how, I mean, what's your? I guess what's your take on that? Do you feel
1: now? Now that you, I really do enjoy then. being somewhat more prepared. Okay. I really enjoy that feeling now. I don't. I'm. I don't need that. Uh, I feel like
0: I'm putting this a little bit too preachy, so I, I just want to clarify. I'm not saying there's a right way. I'm saying for me, uh, these are these are the stakes at play. I don't. I'm wondering. One, do you also have those stakes? And then also. Is it worth it, I guess, is the question. Like, if what you get out of the spontaneity overshadow what you get if it doesn't go well?
1: I feel like I've enjo- I've learned to enjoy just singing and playing music in and of itself more.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: In the last five or 10 years or something. Okay. And I, I think I didn't wanna just be a person with a guitar. So I was trying to make it more interesting than just that. Okay. And... But then when I would just sit down and maybe even not even talk on some shows and just play through the songs, which is kind of what you're there to do, I felt like the feedback on those shows was kind of like, Hey, thanks for that.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: thanks for not just getting up there and needing to screw around too or... Being worried about that it's interesting for you, or, I don't know, not being worried uh, about being a bore, maybe. Right. That you can just sit up there and play your songs. Yeah. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. So. But that, you're saying, before that worried you more, you were more worried about it being boring.
1: Yeah, or like being a singer-songwriter. Right. In this way of like... There's no trajectory to the set. There's no peaks or valleys. It's just kind of song after song after song after song, and like introverted, kind of. And like, how long can we look at this introverted person and still feel for them, or you know? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. It's like,
0: funny. I hear that, but I also think, and this is not a criticism. This is just, I guess, as an outside observation, you're one of those people that I think, even if you tried to be really normal you wouldn't (laughs) i mean like that that there's this fear maybe that sometimes we have that that will just be boring or that will be like too much of a just a repetition of something that's already out there and i i feel like for what it's worth i don't i don't think that's something you could really pull off even if you wanted to (laughs) i feel like
1: i can solo especially really yeah okay solos like playing by myself if i don't do it too much i can enjoy it but i reach a threshold okay. and then i'm just like oh my gosh i'm feeding back upon myself here yeah. Up or something
0: i don't want to turn this into a total no. flattery fest but i'm just saying your songs are interesting enough that they're not going to be confused with like the latest you know pop song out of Nashville or something right. it's just not that
1: but if I'm not interested in them, or sure. once I get a little bit... If you get bored. ...bored with them, then it's just, that's when it's really hard. I hear that. In a okay. weird way. Yeah. Know? Right. But I just, I've learned that I, I think I need to definitely keep bringing in songs. I can't play the same set night after night, per sure. se, and sure. it's, it's really fun to just... Keep it alive and yeah. to bring in new songs. And do
0: keep... you think that's also helped? The fact that you've you've been around a long time now, you've got a lot of songs. Uh, do you feel like that's part of what's helped? You can you can actually let songs go away and come back, and and like write new songs and have like a larger sort of pool to choose from.
1: For, for sure, and that in combination with having a band, even though the band doesn't play. All that much together just because of people's schedules and stuff. Sure. Yeah. That I really like putting old songs through the new band right, right now. Because they're like, changes yeah, we all get okay. along. It's, there's no drama. Yeah. It's kind of everyone else. Everyone in the Little Wings live band has something else major going on in their life. So okay. there's no pressure on it to be everything Right. for anyone. Well, this is the band that I saw you yeah. play the other day. Yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. And so it's just been, it's been really nice actually having a band, which I had a commitment fear for a long time okay. of like, I don't, I'm not going to have a set band. Like, okay. you know, I'm afraid of committing to that level or right. else I, I might get sucked in again or like, you know.
0: Did you have some bad experience with that? Did you? I just have... had
1: a band that ended r- rather abruptly that I kind of thought was going to be around for longer. Okay and it was a little bit hard for me to want to get involved in another relationship, so to speak, okay. where, right. but the way I kind of made this music was that I could always play it by myself on a guitar, essentially, like the songs are written that way. Right. So I, it, I can always play. I don't was have this... to check right, right. with anyone else. Like if, can Little Wings play? And Little Wings can be anything. Right. So if I'm free, and I know so and so has a thing. I was like, yeah, but it'll be solo. That's fine. Or like, hey, can anyone make this date? And people are all, oh, actually, perfect. I was like, yeah, we'll be there. So right. I just need, there's, with too many strings and threads, right. it takes the flow out of it. So,
0: was the band that ended abruptly a previous rendition of Little Wings, or that's a totally different No, it's pre
1: Little Wings. Okay. Yeah. Was that Beagles? No. Okay. Beagles and Little Wings are side by side. Beagles is like the novelty. Stunt double band of Little Wings. <laughs> okay. Right. Where less good songs get released in a longer <laughs> right. period of time.
0: I've never actually heard a Beagles record. I've yeah, just heard yeah, Beagle- no one Beagles has. references yeah. on Little wings Yeah, I doing. mean it
1: was it's a really weird insular joke or something. Okay, but okay. we made a story skit song on a Little Wings record. Yeah, it was that's... talking about the Beagles, but we were kind of Little Wings. Okay, I didn't know
0: that. And then, have have so experience. they're like,
1: oh, they play Avala Beach every Friday night. And that was kind of like our dream. It was like, if I could just play at the same bar right <laughs> on a beach every Friday night, I just wouldn't tour and we'd just be a local legend. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I actually was like, oh, let's make a Beagles record. But nothing went much into the production and make okay. it sound much different from the Little Wings record. Okay. So Beagles is kind of just like little wings, but a little bit more improvised in the okay. studio, I guess. Okay. But, that's uh, awesome.
0: I mean, so we'd talk about this, but we're, so I used to live, I'm, I'm from Santa Maria, which yeah. is like 20 minutes from that movie. Be yeah. 25 minutes. Uh, so I remember hearing this and being like, oh, they're like talking about Pismo Beach. And yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. San Luis Obispo. That's cool. That's, that's my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well cool man. This is uh this has been really fun. I love that I'm glad that you picked this place. We're surrounded by these uh I don't know what these are. I started saying say manzanita, but they're not. They're something else. I oh, no, to not your I Just ate it. But yeah, I hope uh, by the Patreon pledges of Donna Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.